podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 65 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. We're all sitting here deflated. We forgot what losing felt like. Um, and can, can we promise any kind of uh, positivity today? I'm sure we can. That's what we're all about. Um, delighted to say we've been joined by friend of the show, previous guest, and that's Jay Deacon. Jay, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. And uh, thanks for inviting me on again. Because uh, I, I, I do listen to you each week, so it's, it's nice to be invited on. Although it's probably not the best after the defeat. <laughs> We won't, won't, won't be booking you again, that's for sure, after uh, <laughs> getting you on to your defeat. <laughs> but no, you're, you're always, always welcome, mate. And it's, as, as I said then, you know, it feels so strange, doesn't it, to, yeah. to be getting together and have a chat about a defeat. And that shows you how far we've come since the start or since the back end of, of last season and, and what our expectations are. But I'll come to you first, Jay, um, in terms of today's game. From, from our point of view, Bar maybe did the first ten or fifteen minutes when we, you know, we had, had a had a few chances. Looked looked lively, maybe for that first ten or fifteen. We weren't nearly in the game, were we? And it was it was a it was a really poor away performance from Everton today, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a typical sort of Everton away performance from the past few years. You know, uh, been down Southampton many times. It it's always a tough place to go to, isn't it? Like I know we've had a few wins there, but. But, you know, we, we do struggle down there. And, um, yeah, it just felt like last season, really, post-lockdown, the team couldn't get going, could they? And a few players looked tired, like Alan, he, he looked quite tired and Rodriguez couldn't get into the game. The Wolby, you know, didn't really do too much. Um, yeah, it was just a really poor performance. And, yeah, Calvert-Lewin, no, no service at all, like, it's just just one of those days, wasn't it? It was a bad day at the office. Well, what what do you think, Lee? In terms of what what do you think the, the main issue was today? Because we just we just didn't seem to be to be fine at all. There was no real zip. Was there? There's a couple of nice passages, like like we we said when the game was going on. Then we between ourselves, there was times we we strung together a few nice passes and, and looked okay. And then we just we just couldn't sort of maintain possession, and we got swarmed all over the a lot of the time by Southampton. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I, th- I thought we started all right. I think we didn't start spectacularly. I thought, you know, first 15, we looked reasonably bright. You know, they had a bit of a spell. We had a bit of a spell. Um, they were definitely targeting, obviously, um, our right side with um, with Godfrey. I felt sorry for the lad there. He was really exposed, knowing full well that Hammers, obviously, he's not going to track. Um, we got him down the left side a few times. Awobi got him behind, trying to pull it back for Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, good block by the defender. And obviously, we got in again down that side. And then this time, uh, Siggy cut on his right foot. It was unlucky there. Great strike. You know, if that goes in, uh, maybe it would have been a different game. But um, And then, it's like I said to you boys on the text, that, you know, they were almost kind of like sitting off us and then waiting for us to give it. We, we were quite sloppy, I thought, at times in the final third. I mean, Jay just mentioned Hammers. He, he, you know, Unlike him, really gave it away a few times, and then that instantly they just jumped on us. They just jumped on us straight away, and then ticky down that side, got it to Redmond, and then obviously they were getting a two v one against Godfrey a lot there. Godfrey, if anything, was tucking obviously because he's a natural centre back, was almost tucking too narrow, mm-hmm. and then obviously it was either you know Redmond um, or their their fullback, what's his name, the uh, the left footed lad, um, yeah, no, yeah, Bertrand, and obviously they're, they're pretty quick lads. Yeah, and they're quick lads, aren't they? You know, and obviously Redmond's no slouch either. So, and then it just kind of like I, I think as again on on the WhatsApp I said, didn't they? The first goals crucially because they had a bit of a spell, didn't they? And then um, you know they should have scored really, but I think he went down that side, pulled it back. I think it was um, uh, was it Che Adams that put it put, pulled it wide. I can't remember, but and that was a warning sign. And then Pickford saves a pile driver. Yeah, Pickford saves a pile driver, and then. Obviously, two seconds later, it's in the back of the net. Um, so, it's a bit of a weird one. But I wanted to just kind of say, really, I don't think we've been completely this, like the same side since since we got back after the international break, if I'm honest. 
I mean, we got a, a, we got a 2-2 last week, obviously came from behind twice and that was great. And But we didn't look the team we were before that. Um, you know, whether that's a fitness thing with the lads obviously coming back, we put that down to it, didn't they? The South American lads in particular had come back pretty much the day before. But like like you said again, Jay, Alan didn't look didn't look completely fit at all for me there. And and, and Hammers obviously had a niggle, it was a 50-50 doubt for the game anyway. Um, and then obviously, you know, we were carrying him, weren't we, last 15, 20 there, really. You'd be better off just going off, really, than potentially getting a worse injury, really. Um, so really, in summary, it was one of those one of those games. It was going to come. It was going to come eventually, wasn't it? We were saying that it's, it's how we re- how we react to it now. Um, but if you just, you know, if all of us would have sat down, literally at the start of the season, said after six games we'll be top of the league on thirteen points and we'd be in the quarterfinal of the cup, we'd we'd have, we'd have snapped your hand off. Um, yeah, of course. It's, it's definitely it's definitely a time not for you know overreactions and things like that. It's it's a blip. You know, we we can we can. Obviously, we, we we go again against Newcastle next week, and we can prove that it is only a blip. But Pete, you mentioned when we were watching the game, you know, it, it was it seemed unbalanced, didn't it? The side and and the setup seemed a little bit unbalanced. But what what are your thoughts behind that, and why do you think it was like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, that that's ultimately why we lost the game and could never get into it from the start. I mean, I really, really felt for uh, for Ben Godfrey because I, I thought he did an excellent job when he came on against Liverpool, but I think. Southampton different outfit um, and he was required to get up and down the pitch today which I think in the derby you know he wasn't really called upon to do that he was you know it was more or less a flat back four wasn't it and you know he's acting more as a, a sort of almost like a right-sided centre-back um, so I, I think he was really out of his comfort zone today in an unnatural position really his first start for the club don't forget um, and also not to be critical of Hammers, but given the type of player he is you know, he's not going to double up with Godfrey as he'll help him out. Um, so I think he was really isolated, both defensively, but also going forward as well. He really struggled to get a pass off, didn't he? And as soon as that ball came inside, Southampton just pressed us to death. Um, as for Wobi, I think on the left, like Lee said, he did all right first 15 minutes and looked lively. And I was thinking to myself at the end of the game, for me, no Everton player was above a 6 out of 10. For me, so I, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's beyond criticism. But at the same time, you know, I think we've got to be careful not to go in on on players because it won't be had big shoes to fill today. But for me, I just think as he found his level, um, you know, I'll hold my hands up and say I was wrong about Calvert Lewin, and I hope <laughs> I hope there's a big player in a because presumably you know the club did a lot of work in the shortlisting and uh, you know in thinking about bringing him in for the left hand side, but. He just really struggled for me today, and it, I think it's a big statement that he came off at half time. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that the changes Carlo made were spot on. You know, he clearly saw the problems, tried to get Hammers into the middle, closer to Calvert Lewin, and get us more direct and more aggressive on the flanks. But um, yeah, I don't know what you lads think. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you mentioned Moby there, but you know, let's let's look at, at the ones who came in. Lee's mentioned Godfrey in quite a bit of detail. Uh, like you, like you said as well, Pete, it's important not to be. On that kid's case, he's out of position. I, like you said, he, he was isolated quite often because obviously Hammers is not that kind of player. And that's what comes with having a player of, of, of Hammers in your side. You know, he's not going to be tracking back and um, and covering. You know, he's not a Richarlison kind of player in that sense. Uh, but obviously, we, we were missing today. Seamus Coleman, we thought we missed quite a bit on those overlapping runs. Richarlison, massively missed. And obviously, Andre Gomez was out of the side as well. And, and Sigurdsson came in. Now, you know, let's. You mentioned the world, you mentioned Godfrey. Sigurdsson comes in, and a lot of people were saying this. We spoke about it last week on the podcast, and um, he got his he got his, his shot again today uh, in in a league game. And what what you know, Jay? I don't know what you what you think about Sigurdsson uh, on the whole. You know, there was a lot, lot of calls for Gomez to be taken out because he hasn't particularly performed, is what many people believe. So Sigurdsson got his chance today. And for me, hasn't taken it. So when we go to Newcastle next week, Andre Gomez, Jay's back on the side. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, obviously, Sigurdsson was terrible last season. And, uh, you know, he got a lot of stick, which, you know, we probably say he deserved. Um, but this season, he's not done too bad. When he, you know, he, he's come in and he, he he's looked quite solid and he's seemed to get a bit more confidence. But as you say today, he just felt like post-lockdown again, you know, just half-hearted. Apart from his shot when he hit the bar, um, 
Yeah, he just didn't look up to it, and he, you know, he's not took his chance again. Um, and Gomez, you know, he hasn't looked the best the past few weeks either. You know, giving the ball away a lot and stuff. Um, so maybe he needed to come out the side. But yeah, it's just disappointing, you know, um, that he's not took his chance. Um, yeah. And and that's that's a frustrating thing, isn't it, Lee? Because we we all in the build up to the game and over the course of of the week, we knew Richardson was definitely out. Um, we we heard on Thursday from Carl that he thought the Hammers would be out as well. Um, Seamus Coleman limped off against Liverpool, so another one we knew was going was going to be out of the game. And and we were saying, you know, let's let's try and turn a, a negative into a positive. We've got a squad of players now, and the the, the players who come in, I've got to take the chance and show the manager basically what they can do for the side and that they should be starting week in, week out. And none of them, you know, not, again, Godfrey, it's not his fault, not down to, to Godfrey, he's, he's a centre-half by trade, but they will be in Sigerson especially of not coming to that side and covering themselves in any kind of glory. And I'm not going to probably get, you know, we get the chances that they think they should be getting. Yeah, yeah, massively frustrated me, that. Massively frustrated me because, you know, when they have come in and side in the cup games, they've played well. You know, Wobie's played well and, and Sigurdsson's played well, okay, albeit against lesser opposition, but they still play, both played well against West Ham as well. Um, you know, they were right for calls uh, for Sigurdsson. You know, we were all saying now, look, he's starting to show flashes now. He's surrounded by better players. You know, he's, le- he's less burden on, on him defensively. Um, and he actually, you know, he probably did deserve that call up because Andre had probably, you know, his worst game for a while against Liverpool last week. Um, but that's what frustrates me about Sigurdsson. I, I just don't. I think technically he's a, he's a lovely player. You know, he's done some great things for us. You know, he scored some worldies. He's, he's played he's played some great some great. He shows it in in flashes. But I think with Siggy, when the going gets tough and you kind of need to dig in, I think he's, he's he sort of his head drops a little bit, doesn't it? And he, he just you know he he saw it today. You could arguably say he was at fault for that first goal again. You know what I mean? Um, sorry, not the first goal. The um, the second goal. You know. I thought it was Luca Dean. At the, at the, I don't know where Luca was, by the way, when that, that cross came. And I thought it was him that, uh, that got under the ball and didn't head it. And then obviously it was him. And then it, so he missed the header. Not only did he miss the header, but then he compounds it by flying and deflected and goes in. Goes in. Oh, okay, he's a little bit unlucky, deflected off his legs. But he lost the runner in the first place, didn't he? You know what I mean? The guy got in behind him. And, and that's the problem. He, he just sort of switches off, um, lacks a bit of concentration. And Awobi's probably quite similar, I think. Sorry, Lee, you mentioned there the first goal. You, you could blame Sigerson for the first goal because yeah, he just watched someone yeah. go past him from, from a throw-in. There's no way that he should be scoring from a throw-in. And you talk there about obviously switching off, losing focus, lack of concentration. And that's it. That is a prime example for me. You've, you've, got to tra- you've got to track the runner. It's as simple as that. And and so you, you could, I mean, maybe the second goal is a bit harsh, to be fair. You know, it's it's one of them where the sensor I didn't know where Michael Keane had gone either. The sensor yeah. has all been... A, and the left-back. Yeah, well, Mina got dragged over. Luca Dean was nowhere to be seen. And then Sigurdsson then, I mean, he's not, not a defender, is he? You know, he's never going to be great in the air. Whether he's jumped too early, I don't know. But even, yeah, even when it's gone over his head, I, I, even now, I think he shouldn't score. Because Adam yeah, got all the time. If you get tighter to him, to, you know, if you get tighter to him, it's less likely to get a deflection like that, isn't it? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. he did let the runner go, actually. I remember now you're right off the throw in. I was trying to remember the goal. Um, uh, but yeah. He, but the thing is, it doesn't come naturally to him that when he's shown that, you know, it doesn't come naturally to think, hey, I've got to track that runner. It's almost like he has to try hard at doing it. Whereas obviously other players, you know, more defensive minded, pick those little runs up. But um, yeah, it's just frustrating there. He didn't take his chance when he has, when he has been playing with confidence. So Wobie, like I said, is a weird one. You know, I think he's, he is, his best position is through the middle, but obviously we've got other players that can play in that position. I thought when Bernard's come in um, in the cup, particularly, and he played through the middle, didn't he? He, played, he had a great game in the cup when he did that. He, he laid on a couple of a couple of goals, scored himself. Um, it's just one of those, mate. It's just, I just think um, you know, those guys coming in, Carla would have wanted a reaction. What what frustrated me more than anything now, in in hindsight, is just Richie getting that red card in the 89th minute, wasn't it? You know what I mean? That's going to cost us big time that now. You know, it's already cost us today. We've got a difficult game against Newcastle. And I say that, you know, it will be a difficult game. They've taken points off Spurs. They've had a draw today against Wolves. They beat Burnley comfortably. You know, Newcastle aren't any slouches. You know, they've had a half-decent start to the season. Um, 
you know, Southampton have been in a bit of form. They came back against Chelsea. And then we've got United. You know, and I know as United have had a really mixed start. You'd, you'd probably like to play them at the minute, but we're potentially going to have no Dean, no Coleman, you know, no no Richarlison, definitely. Um, and then potentially, you know, one or two others. So I think if, if, you're, if you're Carlo now, I mean, it'd be interesting to ask you boys this, actually. If you're Carlo now, do you think we wish he'd probably got a right-sided player? You know, uh, on the right side, we didn't replace Walcott, and we've not replaced. Obviously, uh, we've not signed another forward. We, you know, all of us were maybe saying we should go in for Josh King. You know, mm-hmm. I know Calvert Lewin. You can't really blame him. Say he's had a fantastic start to the season. He was massively isolated today, but we had no one to bring off the bench to play up front, did we? Even to try and change it up a little bit. Yeah, look, look at that bench today. I, I, I thought to myself, there's no one really. I mean, I was I was quite happy to see Anthony Gordon on there. I think Gordon deserves it. Uh, a chance in the squad, especially now with obviously the injuries and suspensions. And and to be fair, though, when Gordon came on, there was a few lively moments. The, the kid's got ability, no doubt about it. Uh, but difficult situation for him to come on today. Um, but there was no no one on the bench looking at, at the at the names on me who I thought would go out there, take the game by the scruff of the neck, and and change things in, into our favour. Um, and we we said, you know, I mean, Carl was not that dafty knows, and whether the the funds were there or not, we don't know. Losing Moise Keane, just another body. Obviously, if you lose Calvert-Lewin or you need to try and change the game and, and have something different, he could come on. Walcott always offered you that pace. You know, so him him going was another another uh, frustrating thing because he wasn't really replaced. Um, but, yeah, it, it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, what, what do you think, Pete, on that? You, you know, we, we, we sort of graded the, uh, the transfer window last week when, when Tom was on the show, didn't we? And we were all, you know, pretty much sort of eights and nines. And we're not, it wasn't perfect. There was still definitely gaps there. And maybe today was, was one of the games where, where it showed that we, we maybe should have gone all out for a right-sided player. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I can't really go back on what I said last week. I think I rated the window as a nine or a nine and a half, didn't I? Min, <laughs> minus a right back. I did say minus a right back, though. Um, but, I, I mean... Here's one for you, Pete, right? So, here's one. so in that game today, bear in mind Southampton have conceded the majority of their goals from, from runs in behind. They, they haven't conceded. I don't think they've conceded a goal from across this season. Right. So Josh King there, if he's on the bench, yeah, you're thinking, their two centre-halves are very slow, aren't they? They're slow lads and we never split them, never got in between them once. You know, if we bring on someone like Josh King there, you can just run in behind. So they've got, they're thinking, all right, we've got a problem in behind here. That might change the dynamics of the game. I think that's why Carlo made the changes he did. Like I said before, with you know, with Bernard and um, Anthony Gordon coming on. But I mean, we don't know what the situation was with the clubs in terms of finances, or you know, trying to get a couple of people out that we did manage to get over the line. The likes, you know, like Blassi in particular. Um, I mean, for me, thinking about the next few games, I don't think you can play Iwobi on the left in front of Nkunku. Um, I just think it would be suicide, and I'd be shocked if uh, if Carlo did it. I think he'll he'll have to put Andy Gordon there or someone with more legs or more tracking back. I think if he does play a Wobi, it'll have to be on the right hand side and almost um, play Ham as as a ten. It'll be interesting now whether Ancelotti has to shift the system a little bit, as you said, Mike, to sort of accommodate that right sided situation um, because with the lack of a right back, a natural right back that can go forward. I can use the ball in the in the, the sort of top third of the pitch. We might have to go back to that sort of situation he was playing when we were four four two, with almost going to a back three, letting the left back push on, um, and hoping for a bit of cover from the midfield. But yeah, we do see him. We do, do see him unbalanced. And I suppose the question is, can, you know, can we continue with the form that we were on before the international break without the same sorts of players for the system that we were playing in? I think we might see you a change. You mentioned there, Niels and, uh, and Kunku, who's now going to have to come in. It looks like, and the reason for that, and it would be daft not to mention it, was, was for a red card to, to Luca D, which for me is up there with one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. And, and that's, that, you know, that, that says a lot after what happened last week. There's been a lot worse. It was a bad decision. Well, well listen, that was poor. That was poor. I don't I, all this. We, we saw this last season with Michael Keane away at Brighton, didn't we? Let's let's get that right in terms of that penalty that was given. He, he's running and and he's 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 obviously he's caught the uh, the lad. He's chasing him and and it's it's all within his stride pattern. 
it's pretty obvious. There was no malice there, none of that. I heard Lee Trundle coming out and saying, oh, yeah, definitely red card. Stop talking nonsense. Every other form of professional footballer has come out. Even Redknapp on Sky has come out and gone, listen, if that's a red card, then the game's gone. I mean, how many times have we heard that line in recent weeks? But that is absolutely embarrassing. You can clearly see what has gone on there. Look at your screen, like we say all the time. Look at the screen at the side of the pitch. They should be saying, no, we looked at that. We need to go out, go over and have a look at it. And, you know, we want to make it a yellow card, make it a yellow card. There's no way is it a red card. And now well, Carl's Baston, come out. And, yeah, Del said, said, review yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. But, you know, Carl said after the game, of course, it's an awful decision. Quite clearly, it's not a red card. And we're going to repeal it, which is great. Let's get it right. There's no way it's getting overturned after what happened at Goodison Park last week. We, we need to understand that. We said this this kind of decision was coming. But, Jay, what, what are your thoughts on, on that decision? Because, I, you know, the, the game the game had gone. We, you know, we weren't going to get back in the game at that particular point. But we've now lost, probably the, for me, the league's best left-back and one of, our, one of our major threats in the attacking sense as well, in terms of his delivery. Now lost him potentially for three games. Yeah, it's... It's a tough one to take, mate. Obviously, as you said, then it was inevitable we were going to get a, a bad decision today after the uh, the copites crying all week and there's a big, massive carry on. So, um, I mean, I don't think he helped himself by. I think he, I just felt I just knew he was going to give a foul away there, though, and give the ref that kind of ammunition. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah, the nibble did. He had a nibble face, and the referee played advantage, yeah. didn't he? So you could see he was, going to, he was probably going to, going to try and bring him down, it looked like. But when you look at the, what he was sent yeah. off for... It's not a sending off, but it, it's just it's disappointing. Um, and you just knew today something was going to happen because they, they have to sort of uh, balance it, don't they? You know, mm. after everything that happened last week. Um, and it, as you say, three games out now, it's going to be... It's going to be tough, but I, you know I feel unconquered. Like he's done, he's done really well when he's played this season. So I think like he, he can definitely do a job, but it's, it depends who he's got in front of him. Um, if it's a Wobie, you know I, I don't feel very confident. But if like Anthony Gordon, someone who can trap back and help him out, you know he should be okay. But as you say, Lucas Dean he's, he's done really well this season. Um, as you say, he's one of the best left backs in the league and. You know, it'll be a massive miss. And him and Richardson have got a great like partnership, haven't, haven't they, together? So it's going to be a massive miss down the left hand side. Yeah. I thought Kevin sure. Friend on the whole, but so much. I thought Kevin Friend on the whole had a bad game anyway. You can't excuse, look, we didn't turn up the Sam. Let's have it right. Samson with a better team deserves to win. We, we, we can't grumble about that. But I think Kevin Friend had a, had a poor game in general. You know, the first half, Godfrey, sorry, start of the second half, Godfrey had a run down the right and Redmond just yeah. completely. Then they kicked the ball against his head when he landed as well. And then Redmond didn't even get... He got a little talking to. And then, you know, five minutes later, uh, Bernard, like, basically barely barely touched the lad and got a yellow card. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he, he was treading a tightrope then. And then he, and then, and then the other the other player, where, was it Dean that might caught, accidentally caught the lad? Um, yeah. And then we, we, we obviously, you know, we created a bit of space. We kind of created an opening down, down the right side. And then, what, 30, 30 seconds, a minute after the incident, he kind of blows up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bring it, we'll stop the play. Bring it, actually, I'm going to give a free kick now as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's, no it's, friend it's, of ours. Absolutely. He's been sitting there for the last two minutes thinking, <laughs> I want to get this line in. <laughs> Hand down, he's wrote it down on his pad. <laughs> no, but genuinely speaking, that was frustrating, wasn't it? He had a, he had a poor game, didn't he? Hamid got pulled down as well, didn't he, in that area as well? Um, it was the first half. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was 50 50 because Shea Adams yeah. has used his hands there. It wasn't a shoulder. He's, he's, off, he's you know, he's, he's leaned on him, but he's pushed him out with his hands. You know, it could have easily yeah. been. I think what did, didn't do him justice there, Hamid, is that he kind of he got a foot on the ball, didn't he? You know what I mean? Just trying yeah. to knock it still. If he'd have gone down, sort of like, you know, flailed his arms a bit, he might, they might have looked at it. But, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's one of those, but I, I do think friend on the whole had a, had a poor game, and you know that. That I do agree. I, don't, I think there has been worse decisions, Mike, but I do think it was a poor, poor decision that because he's even held his hands up, hasn't he, as well before? Because he knows, you know, we've all had that. If someone cuts across your path, 
you almost do that, like, I'm not touching you. And then he's obviously just, you know, accidentally stood on his ankle and never in a million years is it a red. No. Um, you know, it, it's it's the inconsistency again, is it, of, of, of the officials. I mean, we saw uh, incidents last weekend. We, we, we've seen it again. You know, we, we could have called this kind of thing was going was to happen. Uh, it's going to cost us. You know, we, we've got big games coming up. Every game's a big game. But when, you, when you're fighting to be at the top of the table and Carl said before the game, listen, we want Champions League football, we want European football. This is what our game is for the season. These kind of things cost you when you're losing your best players, you know, um, and that's the that's a frustrating thing. But like we've said, it does give a chance to uh, Nkunku to come in and show him show what, uh, what he's all about in the Premier League because so far we've seen him in the League Cup. We've seen him against one Premier League side in West Ham where he did sit that little bit deeper, didn't he? He didn't go out all attack. We, you know, we wasn't overlapping constantly, but we saw him being a little, a little bit more, um, sitting a little bit further back and having a bit more discipline to his game. So let's see, you know, big, big pitch St. James's Park and, and it, could, it could really play into his hands and give him that space to get in behind and, and cause cause problems. But disappointing. Say maximum play on that side, mate. What's that mean? Let's say maximum play on that side, on the right side. Too. Yeah, he's one of them, isn't he? I think, I think he uh, he does drift a little bit, but he, he is he is right-footed. So he's full of pace, isn't he? Um, that lad, he's, he is full of pace and he can cause problems. So it'll be a, be a battle, I'm sure, between the, between the two of them. Uh, but important not to dwell on today. We said at the start of the show, you know, it's, it is hopefully just a blip. Every team, you know, goes throughout the season and, and has, has poor games and the better sides bounce back from poor matches. And we need to obviously make sure that we, that we can bounce back when we go into the, the game against Newcastle. Um, but we're going to touch on Newcastle shortly. But what I wanted to bring up now, we obviously leave that game. It's in the past now. We can forget about Southampton. Um, one, one game we, we, we can't seem to forget about, and the media can't seem to forget about, is the game of Goodison last weekend against Liverpool. Because what we've had for the last sort of seven, eight days, up to recording today, is const, a constant barrage of media interviews, tweets, articles. Uh, interviews, videos, everything I've seen from everyone, whether it be Sky Sports, BT, Amazon, BBC Five Live, or all those are exactly the same. And it's all centred around Jordan Pickford. Now, we know what happened last week in terms of the, the Virgil van Dijk um, getting injured with that, that, that tackle from Jordan Pickford. We came out on the show, um, and I know we got a little bit of... of uh, Kickback from this from certain people who thought it's, it was a definite red card. You shouldn't say anything other than that. You should be chastising Jordan Pickford, calling for, for what it is, etc., etc. And we said, listen, you've got to look at things. You've got to look at, look at the bigger picture. As a goalkeeper, he had to spread himself like that, in my opinion. He had to do it. If he didn't do it, we'd be sitting here going, what are you doing? Why, why, why aren't you closing the angle down? Why aren't you trying to, uh, trying to put him off? So, for those, he had to do that. Okay, we, we, the majority of us said, yeah, could have been sent off. But the outcry in the media, and the, the points I'm trying to get to here is, the media have overplayed this situation, in my opinion, because it involves Liverpool, because it involved Virgil van Dijk, and he made a massive issue was it, of it. Now, what I will say is, Everton fans and the, the lads, the, the county goal bobblers were, were behind it, came out in support for Jordan Pickford, you know, because he was getting a lot of grief. Um, and that that was that was great to see. His missus was also getting grief on Instagram, which was which is appalling. Uh, there was death threats flying now for him and Richarlison. But my question, and I'm going to come to you, Jay, because obviously you've got the talk up, and it's it's a real it's a great tool, you know, for for men who who are suffering from any kind of mental health issues. So you've probably discussed it with a lot of fellas over the last couple of years or so. The media, for me, I've got a massive massive responsibility in terms of how they report incidents and how they write things or report them, what they can actually lead to, especially in the way of the social media. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. And we've seen this with many celebrities this year. You know, um, I don't know if they love Ireland or whatever, don't watch it, but, you know, a few people have obviously um, passed away because these media campaigns against them, basically bullying them. So... And then the media come out and they're acting, they act like they've not done anything wrong um, when it's them ones that have caused the kind of hate. So you're right in saying, you know, 
what they've done the past seven or eight days is just, just disgrace, really. And, you know, they're not thinking about Pitford as a, as a human being. Um, he made a mistake. And as you said there about, you know, he spread himself out. Um, I think it was Robert Green did a little analysis on Sky and showed, you know, that's what a, a keeper does. He's got, a, you know, that went in. If he scored it, you know, we'd all be obviously slating him for it. So, um, you know, it's just the goalkeeper. And I've had this argument with my red mates, you know, um, and they, they, they couldn't see it. But some of the comments on social media, on Twitter, from these little Twitter virgins, whatever they are, was a picture of Naby Cater and uh, Van Dyke as the, you know, their avatar. It's just like, it's just crazy. Um, and all the comments on his, you know, his girlfriend's Instagrams and stuff. Um, and this is this is the more they talk about it, the more people are gonna obviously keep talking about it. And um, and Pitford's actually, I don't even know if he's actually said anything, but I imagine he feels like the old world's against him at the moment. And it, you know, it's really not not necessary. Um, and he's England's number one, so they should they sh- people should be supporting him, especially the media. And it's it's not the worst challenge that's ever happened in football. So it, it's totally over the top reaction and. His people should be showing him more support. I mean, he, he's a divisive character, isn't he? Peter Jordan Pickford. We've had many discussions about him, and you know, from a goalkeeper point of view, and you know, it's, it's like a concentration at times, and we think he could do better because we know on his day how good he can be against Spurs at the start of the season. It was exceptional. He had a great game. He commanded his area, and that's that's what Jordan Pickford can do on on his on his better days. So there's a frustration there. And you know anyone's allowed to critique a player. That's that's fine. That's they're in the business where the media will, where fans will. You know the the world of social media can be can be a you know it's a real valuable tool at times where you can have great discussions with people. Whether you see eye to eye is a different is a different matter. But you know you can both put your opinions across, have a discussion, and that's the end of that. But whether Jordan Pickford is a divisive character or not, whether it involves Virgil Van Dijk and Liverpool Football Club or not. You've got to look at each, each incident on, on its own merit. And when you've got the likes of Danny um, on, on talk sport saying about banning him and it was absolute disgrace, and you've got the lunatic who, was, who did the ESPN podcast um, saying he should be out for the same length of time as Virgil van Dijk is injured. That is absolutely phenomenally stupid. And how is that going to make Liverpool fans, you know, I'm going to go down that road, Liverpool fans think, because Liverpool, fa- Liverpool fans are then go, wait, yeah. Look at, look at these lads here back on what we're saying. What we'll do now is go and attack Jordan Pickford, send him death threats, give his missus a load of grief. The media, have, for me, have got to be regulated a lot better than they actually are at this moment in time. Yeah, I can't make sense of either response. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the, you know, the way that pundits have responded to the incident almost is just adding fuel to the fire for you know the social media brigade that, that sort of follows um you know i mean it's a completely different challenge for you know for one he's a goalkeeper not an outfield player um so i don't understand all these comments around we're talking about it last week weren't we on the podcast if he did that in the middle of the pitch it'd be a red card well he's a goalkeeper so he's never going to do that in the middle of the pitch um and i'm trying not to make comparisons with you know with other maybe you know horror tackles or tackles that have led to, to terrible injuries but the one that comes immediately to mind is obviously the andre gomez injury because um, I was at that game, you know, and I can remember the feeling in the crowd when he, you know, when he went down and the reactions of players, you know, the way that everybody, rea- you know, around him reacts, um, or that you see so often when someone's badly hurt, you know, how professionals sort of come together and there's a very sort of sombre atmosphere in the stadium. Um, now, of course, fans weren't at the game, but look at the way the players responded. There was no outrage to to that challenge on Van Dyke. Now, the players know. The players on that pitch know. So I, I'm completely with you why pundits have responded in the way they have and why they're calling for ridiculous things like retrospective bans, um, you know, making an, an exception of Jordan Pickford as a player. That, for me, is bringing the game into disrepute. It's mm. absolutely bizarre. And, you know, I would, I would ask any of us here today, or, you know, any other fan for that matter, can you think of another example of when this has happened in the Premier League era? Where, uh, where there's been no red card, where it's been looked at by the officials, 
where the Premier League have decided that they're not going to take any retrospective action, and yet people are still calling for, um, you know, for the player to be banned in in some way. It's it's really strange, and I think you're absolutely right, Mike. It's tied up in some kind of weird entitlement that's, you know, I think it's attached to Liverpool for maybe you know having a successful season. It's the ugly side of success. Well, that, that for me, that for me is the the main the main point and the, and the main reason why I think the, the reaction has been what it's been. It, you know, it's not um, because it's for me as much it's Jordan Piffer because some pundits were saying, well, the reason that he's not going to face any kind of retrospective action is because he's the England goalkeeper. So what so what you're saying is, if if that was Robin Olsen, for example, in goal against mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool and he did the same thing, he would have faced a three match ban and would have got a retrospective ban because he's not Jordan Pickford. And I would argue the other way, that they, of, all the, of all the players they want to make an example of, would be an England international, and especially someone who's as divisive a character as Jordan Pickford. But the, the, the best one that, that I heard, I say the best one, it's, it's, it's one of the worst comparisons, you're talking about comparisons here, Pete. And that was Tony Cascarino, who compared, <laughs> who compared I'm looking at the video now, who, who compared the Jordan Pickford Virgil van Dijk incident to the tackle um, from Roy Keane on Alfinger Haaland. That's the best one. That's the best one. You know, wow. So, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, a, a, a premeditated. I'm, a premeditated. I'm oh. going to do. I'm going to break your leg. <laughs> yeah. You just. You just can't write it. And that's what you know, Lee. This is what we're what we're talking about. About over dramatizing it. You know. Uh, adding to the to the fire and you know stoke, stoking the fire and the flames and giving people ammunition to go at Jordan Pickford and his family and Everton and the Charles and etc. Because you've got lunatics like this who have been given a platform on well, sports media and social media, uh, which you know I'm sure Talksport have many many thousands of thousands of listeners. Talksport have got so many hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter, so people see it, it gets shared all the time. And people listen to what these some of these ex-professionals are saying, and they take it as that that's gospel. And I don't know about you, Lee, but it's I'm talking about this, and I can feel myself getting wound up again about it because it, it it really got to me over the course of the week because I just thought this is this is now taking the whole Sky Six to a new level. And listening to Tony Cascadino, Danny Murphy, Chris Sutton's, I, I can't, and Chris Sutton's the I don't know how he gets a gig. I don't know how he gets on the radio, some of the things that he says. But Chris Sutton's another example. I don't know how, Lee, we're, they're still rolling out these ex-players to voice their opinions without them before the show brief them to say, listen, let's, this is what's going on. Pickford's been getting death threats since sort of Sunday, Monday. Let's just you know, have a, have a level discussion about it. Well, it's, unfortunately, it's the world we live in. Yeah, you know I mean everything's sensationalism now, you know, and, that, and that's the problem. The reason why airtime's given to people like Chris Sutton, given to people like Cascarino in that instance, given to people to anyone on Talksport, by the way, which is just as bad as something like bloody Fox News, um, you know, it, it's purely because it's sensationalism. Let let's say the most outrageous thing we possibly can. Let's get callers in who, who maybe want to try and have a bit of a reason debate, and let's just tear them apart. And make them almost, you know, the way they speak to some callers, certain in particular, is, is horrendous. He almost like belittles people. You know what I mean? I, I've played the game. You haven't, so I know what I'm talking about. So, you know, get in your little box. That's what he's kind of like. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason. Let's have it right. Why we almost started this, really. Was, you know, purely because we didn't feel we were always being fairly represented by the national media. You know, I'm not saying that we'll get anywhere near the same audiences, maybe, as, as, a, as a talk sport, sadly. But I mean, like, the point is, we're trying to have reasoned debate about actual real-life issues and, you know, foot, football issues in, in this case. So why can't you sit there and have a proper chat about it? Why, you know, most pros who've played the game, you know, you just said it there yourself, guys. I mean, look, he's not gone to do it. A fellow pro knows when, he, when someone's gone to do someone. You know what I mean? Look at the outpouring for Son last year when, when that happened. Son yeah. chased after him. Chased after him. Now, OK, he didn't deliberately go and do like a Roy Keane on a Harlan job, but he, he definitely went after him. Going right, I'm not having that. You've just, you know, he obviously he clipped him before that. So you know, all the outpouring for Son was unbelievable. Oh, poor Son, poor Son. I think it got overturned in the end, didn't it? Didn't it get overturned? Yeah, yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. yeah, it got overturned. So, I mean, not, yeah. not that kind of guy. 
not that kind of guy. <laughs> not the kind of guy who's only been sent off a few times before. But no, I, do, I just think, I just think um, the reason why the outpouring is as well is because of who it is. You know, both in the team and the player, and 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 the 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 fact of the matter is, pulling him out that side now is massive for them because they know that you know him and Allison coming in. I've made that team, well, let's have it right, a title-winning side last season. You know, pull him out of there now, and the rest of their centre-backs, I don't think, are up to it. Certainly not up to that level, anyway. You know, Gomez has got, you know, has had a poor start to the season. Massive, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly say is a top centre-half. Um, and, you know, obviously, I think Lovren's moved on now, but he, he was an absolute donkey himself, anyway. So, I just think, yeah, I think the outpouring of, of emotion behind it, you know, what is it on day ten now or something like that since it happened? You know, day nine, and that's what you know, that's how it's been reported now, isn't it? On Twitter by us, it's like day eight, day nine, day ten. You know, still going on about it, and you know, and like you said, it, it you know the fact that now it's spilled over. Carlo touched on it, didn't he, in his interview before the game today? You know, it's now spilled over into sort of you know, let's have it right, like really poor behaviour from some sections of fans going after players and their and their families. I mean, that's where you need to draw the line. That's where you need to draw the line when that happens, because you know you're dealing with you're dealing with human beings here. Look, we all let's hope Van Dyke does come back, you know, and and and, and is, is, you know can still resume his career. You know, we all want players to do that. You know, we're not in the game for that for that reason. But yeah, that that was a disgrace that for me. Um, the way the way it's been portrayed in the media this week. And you mentioned Carlo, the first that we heard from the club, because a lot of people were saying, you know, we got to about sort of Wednesday. And it was it was obviously still the hot topic uh, on all the sports, sport and media, uh, and a lot of Everton fans were saying, "Why aren't we coming out and saying, listen, you know, we're, we're going to back, we're backing our players, they're out of order, you know, and, and almost launched a bit of a, a bit of a counter attack." And Everton have taken quite a levelled approach. And Carlo was interviewed before the game today, and it was it was aired this morning because I, I put it out and saying, you know. Listen, it's out of order the way it's been it's been reported. You know, he's, the, the way his family have been getting uh, hounded and things like that. And, and Carl was obviously very, very sort of relaxed and level. And you know, he, he's he's it's the class of the man, isn't it? The way that he's that he's handled it. Um, but I'll, I'll ask you, Jay, obviously with your background in mental health, the way that these things you know are reported and and what have you. We've mentioned there obviously the examples that we've seen over the course of the last. Eight, seven or eight days or so. There's no thought in terms of before someone sends a tweet or before someone talks on the radio or the television or what have you. Uh, there's no thought in what they're saying and, and how hurtful those words can be. You know, you, you, you've worked with, with many, many fellas who, who've struggled with various uh, mental issues in the past. And it only takes, doesn't it? It only takes a few of the wrong words and, and if, you know, attacks, attacks on people's families for someone to to go down a really dark path, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, you know, you, you might, you know yourselves, you know, if someone says one comment to you, could be a few years ago or a few weeks ago, but it can stick with you for, for a long time and you can feel very self-conscious about that. So imagine having like millions and millions of people online saying stuff about, you know, it, very, very hard thing to take. And, you know, um, yeah, it's just it's really it's really tough one for Pitford, but I think I think the club have done all right how they've handled it, just sort of not reacted to it. Um and as you're saying about, you know, that's what the media want, don't they? Like people like Chris Sutton, idiots like him, that Keith Hackett, the F X like that. that stuff he's been treating is, you know, shocking. Um you, I can't even believe he used to be a ref, to be honest. Um but, you know, at the games, the, the players obviously take stick, but they know it's part and parcel of the crowd of being at the game. But, you know, this carry on, it, especially the footballers now, because, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have social media. So these Prem players now have got a lot more to, to deal with. And um, as I say, I spoke to Chris Kirkland. I've had him on my podcast. Um, and he spoke to me about, you know, his mental health issues and how things affected him. Um, and you know, as a fan, you don't realise to be honest. Like the stuff you you do say can it can affect that guy on the pitch. And when you're at the game, you're not bothered because you just want your team to win. But it definitely made me look look at myself and think, you know, they are just humans on the pitch. Um, 
just like me and you, just not normal guys. Um, and I mean, I hope Pickford can, you know, just get get over this and move on from it because it, it's just just been been horrific to be honest. But um, yeah, ho- ho- hopefully, just they'll be like start forgetting about it. But it's just because of Liverpool, as you say, just because they're 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 really champions and that's their best player. Um, if it was if it was Shakiri or someone else, they wouldn't be too harsh, probably would they? So no, it's right, it's right, and you know they, we haven't really discussed Pickford's performance obviously against Southampton, but I don't think he, he really put a foot wrong. To be fair, we, we, we didn't talk about him because there was nothing to get to discuss. I thought he acquitted himself okay, and he couldn't have been blamed for the goals. And and I'd rather, as much as we lost the game there today, I'd rather have a, have a Jordan Pickford performance if we, if we isolate him where we're not talking about him more than we are talking about him. So hopefully he's he's come out come out to the other side and he's and he's feeling okay and it's 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 really important. And what I'd say to people, like you say, Jay, we all sit to the game, don't we? And we all want, want our side to win and you know, you you might shout abuse this player, that player, the referee, what have you. I yeah. think sometimes you just you just gotta be a bit a bit more mindful. You know, it's uh, and especially when it comes to social media. Think before you tweet is what is what I'd say. You know, you've you've got that that time before you press the tweet button to delete what you're saying. So I, you know, you've got the time to take the emotion out of things, and that that's really important. You know, we don't want to see see players and and, and players when they retire looking back to these moments and still suffering from from things that they've gone through when they've been been playing football. Uh, but really, all all I'd say to end this section on is in the media were an absolute disgrace last week and it still continues now and they've, they've got a lot a lot to answer for and no wonder fans are switching over to fan podcasting and fan television and from all clubs because they see it they, they, they do see it and soon as again the dinosaur was off it on one and he got, he got put down by Carrie didn't he you know with his absolute nonsense the, the, the old hatchet man game soon as I called of uh, Jordan Pickford you know these, these are the kind of things that you just can't can't understand, but you know we, we'll forget about that ourselves now. Hopefully, and, and and as a as a sort of football community, hopefully we can move on from it and it not be be, be mentioned uh, going forward. But who knows when it comes to uh, Sky Sports, etc., and what their what their agenda is. Uh, but let's let's move on. Let's let's cap the show off this week with a, a look ahead if we can to the trip to St James's Park next weekend. You know we we knew we had a we a bit of a, a bit of a tricky run running uh, without having Richarlison and potentially Shavers Coleman. We we've seen today against Southampton how how difficult um these kind of sides can be. That the sides you you know you're looking at maybe fighting for between eighth and twelfth in the table. Um have started okay. Newcastle are one of those sides. And um Peter if I, if I come to you first, the, the trip there, you know, given suspensions, injuries that we've got at the moment is gonna be Probably a bit more difficult than what we've what we've maybe seen um, in the last last sort of twelve months or so. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I, I think like uh, like Lee said, they, for for Newcastle they've started really well, um, and I think they've bought well. I think <laughs> never I've never been a great admirer of Steve Bruce as a as a manager, but arguably he's overachieved there. You know, especially uh, after he came in after Benitez left. I don't think anybody probably still expect, expected them to be here now or, or even for Newcastle to still be in the Premier League. Um, so he's got them really, really organised. I think Callum Wilson is a massive handful uh, and some Maxima as well. It seems to now have adapted to the Premier League and I think they'll cause us a lot of problems. Um, so I do think the question for me is, does Ancelotti now, after looking at today and seeing the players that he's got available, change the system a little bit? Um, and maybe have Hammers in a bit of a free role or maybe more central so that we've got more balance both going forward but also defensively um, on the flanks. I think it might be a bit of an unpleasant game, um, but it's a it's a big pitch. And I think the thing that could go in our favour is I don't think they will press us as aggressively as Southampton did today. I think they'll be sitting much more deep and looking to hit us on the counter. And I think we've got much better football players than them. And hopefully... We'll get back to winning ways. Like 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 you said there, Pete. You know, maybe we might see a bit of a change of system from from Carlo. Maybe it's it's needs needs must. And we touched on whether Anthony Gordon might come in on the left hand side uh, with uh, Niels Niels there. Uh, if Luca Dean's ban is not overturned over the course of this week, 
Um, but Newcastle, they have, have started. They've got eight points from the first six games. I don't think that's really a true reflection. Like, like, like you said, Peter, I think they started the season pretty well. They're, they're quite a dangerous side. But what, how do you see the game going? Do you think we can, we can, uh, we can go up there and, and get back to winning ways? Um, with the side we've got now, I, I, if you'd ask me with a full strength side, I think we win the game um, mm. and, and, and win it pretty comfortably. Um, with the team that we've got going into, or we think is going to go into it now, based on uh, based on today, I think the game will be a lot tougher. Uh, we've got a reasonable record there recently, and we've had some good results there. But um, like Pete just alluded to, there they have signed well. Yeah, they've had a good result today, drawing with Wolves away. You know, Wolves are a decent side, solid outfit, as we know. Um, they were giving United a good game the other day, and obviously United in the end pulled away. Um, and you know they had a good win there, actually United. Um, like I said, they comfortably beat Burnley. They've drew, drew with Tottenham. Um, they lost to Brighton uh, as well. So they've had a bit of a mixed start, but they, they have signed well. You know, the lad up front, Callum Wilson, you know, when he was at Bournemouth, always seemed to score against us, didn't he? I think he will cause problems. Um, they started Ryan Fraser today. Um, Almiron as well, is no slouch. He's quick. Maximum's quick, as we know, as we were talking about before. So they've got pace in the team there. Obviously, Wilson's quick as well. So there's pace all over that front line. And I think that will cause us issues. You know, our centre-backs aren't the quickest. For me, the sooner we get Holgate back, the better, because we do need a bit of pace at the back there. Um, I, um, I, think, I think Mina had a poor game last week in the derby. I thought he was all right today. But I, I, I'd feel a bit safer, if I'm honest, if Holgate was playing in there alongside Keane, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if Holgate was fit, you know, he could even fill in and do a job at right-back, couldn't he? Because he's used to playing there, so... We do miss him massively at the minute, um, so it'll be it'll be one of those games. I think it'll be a quite a tricky game for us. That um, how we respond though is crucial because Carlo will be on to the players for that. I think all week this week, you know, football or any 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 top level sport is about momentum. You know, we've had our first flip in the road now, so the key is to try and get that. You know, go on another run again. Now let's get back on it and go on another run. You know, if you lose two on the spin, then all of a sudden it's a mini crisis. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got, like I said, I think we've got United after that, haven't we? So, mm-hmm. um, which is always, you know, a, a tough game, no matter what team they really put out. You know, they've signed some good players. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I think it'll be quite a tight game. It probably won't be too dissimilar to today. I think Pete, Pete's right. I don't know. They don't press as high um, as Southampton do. They don't swarm teams as much. But they have got pace, and I think pace can hurt us at the minute with that team. And, Am I right in saying I think we're, we've conceded in every game so far this season, bar one, is it? I think bar one. Spurs. Well, fun, yeah. funnily enough, it, co- it coincided obviously with uh, with Mason Hallgate and, and his, his injury, doesn't it? Um, we we haven't kept a clean sheet since the first the first game of the season, um, and that's that's disappointing. I think you know we haven't really focused so much on the goals we've been conceding because we've been we've been scoring more and winning games and. I think maybe we need to sort of look at that because we, we know Michael Keane and Yerry Mina as a as a centre half partnership is a bit of a bit of a concern because the 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 very the two very similar. And if you if you said to me now we had a fully fit Mason Holgate and we had the choice of Mina and Keane, I'll be going in Mason Holgate every single day of the week with Michael Keane. That will be my, that will be my two. Michael Keane started the season well. Um, Mina's got a mistake in him and a bit as I said said this last week a bit of the Funes Mori's about him at times as much as. He's a big, strong lad, and he's you know he's great in the air. You don't fully trust him as much as you trust Mason Holgate and, and Michael Keane. Um, Brantford isn't too far away either. He's he's back in some some form of training, but I do I do think Holgate um, will will come straight back in, and I think in the longer term we'll probably see a Holgate Ben Godfrey partnership. Yeah, I think I think as time goes on, you've only got that pace, haven't you? Then between the two of them, are both quick. Um, I do think we've well, conceded two, two, and two in the last three games, haven't we? Yeah, mm. I mean, two goals each. I know, unfortunately, yeah. the others we thought we obviously outscored Brighton. You know, scored four in that game, but that worries me a little bit. Um, but I do think the reason there's the reasons behind that as well. I think Carlo is, is playing. You know, uh, he was trying to almost play um, a sort of conservative style of play with the team he had last season. Uh, at times he was, and I think this season, you know, with us having more attack, attack minded players, technically better players, certainly more flair in the team, more creativity, he's been a bit more open 
he's almost he's almost if he said to some teams, you know, certainly the Brighton game, uh, comes like that. You 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 score two, we'll score three, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's I think he backs us that way. But you know, it just shows a few injuries, a few suspensions, and we don't really have that underlying quality coming in, the same quality that's in the first eleven. Um, so that worries me slightly. But um, like I said, on a positive note, you know. We've had, we've got a great record there. We got certainly in recent times, like I said. So I do think we can go there, and providing we shut down their attacking threats, we've certainly got more than enough threat going forward to cause them problems. Mm. Well, what do you think, Jay? Um, you know, like we said, difficult game. But we, you know, lads have said there, we probably hopefully have got have got a bit too much for them. Uh, they like to sort of play five at the back or two wing backs, Newcastle as well. Um, so may, may give us a bit of a bit of space in, in midfield areas. Uh, but what, what what are your thoughts? Can we go back? Can we go up there and, and grab a win? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, as Lee said, you know we have got a good record there. And I was I was looking at it before. Actually, we've had eleven wins out of twenty against Newcastle altogether in the past, like say ten years. So I always find it's a difficult place to go, uh, St James's Park, but. We do seem to get a result out, and it's always quite a tight, tight game. You know, the only bad performances we've had is that terrible three-two-one uh, last March, which was not the best. And I think at Christmas about five years ago, we lost three, three-two as well. But apart from that, we we usually grind out a result. Um, and a, a positive note is. That I wrote it down. Le, is that Lejeune or whatever who scored them two goals against us in injury time? He's, he's, yeah, been, yeah. he's been sent out on loan, so uh, that's one less thing to, to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> Never to be seen again. But scored two against us. Yeah. It's standard, standard procedure, isn't it? Oh, I yeah. remember that game. That was that was gut wrenching, wasn't it? I mean, I've never seen a more one sided game in my life. It should it should have been like seven eight nil. <laughs> yeah. It, about as you know, I think our centre midfielder is much stronger than theirs. Um, but you know, as Lee said, they've got Fraser, Almiron, uh, right, Maximum. Like they've got some good players, and that Fraser usually plays well against us when he when he played for Bournemouth. And yeah. Callum Wilson up front, a really good player. So I think you know maybe five across midfield. Just it'll be a tight game. Maybe try and nick a one nil. Um, but I mean, Bright, Brighton did go up there and beat them 3-0 so the, the, home, the home advantage doesn't really matter this season does it because there's, there's no fans there so anyone can get a result anywhere yeah. I think fans are a massive factor at St James's Park as well yeah. uh, and they're they, they quite often are happy to tell you obviously how, how passionate they are and they're the best fans in the world etc etc um, you can fans not one of my favourite clubs, Newcastle, to be honest. But um, as I say, fans fans don't come into it. So you know, we, we need to go go up there and show we're the better side. And it's it's no fluke as to why we are where we are. And like I said before, the best sides will always have a reaction and and go into the next game and be positive and, and look to win the game. And, and let's hope we can do that. Um, but let, let's go in for the predictions, Pete. What are we going for? I'm going to go for a nervy 1-0. One, one Michael Keane header and then uh, grind it out. Michael Keane, new, the new Derek Mountfield of this side, isn't he? The goal scorer in centre-half. Lee? Uh, I agree with Pete. I think it's going to be a nervy game. Uh, I think we'll edge it 2-1. I think we'll edge it 2-1. Uh, I can see uh, Cavalier getting back on the score sheet again. And um, I can see, I can see actually, yeah, uh, and Cuckoo's definitely going to come inside. See him bombing forward, playing a little one-two and banging it in the bottom corner, late Bain <laughs> style, mate. <laughs> Let, let's hope so, Jay. I say uh, one, one nil, Calvert Lewin. Stay to the point. I love it. I'm going to complete the hassock and say one nil. Clean sheet, <laughs> massively important. We, we, we saw the. Uh, United Chelsea game the other day, and, and that was two sides who wanted a clean sheet, that's for sure. And I think we need the clean sheets, but I do think we'll go there. We'll win the game. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the core. I've said this in the last couple of weeks now. The core, he's got to have to break his duck at some point. He looked look a bit frustrated today, and obviously he was taken off. But I think a marauding run from his own half 
uh, Alan Ross Barkley at Newcastle all those all those years ago, and he got right into the into the top bin. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil. Um, but but before we finish, it's important to mention that our our new sponsor for for the the next seven days is is on board, and it's it's one which is uh, very popular with with certain certain Everton fans, especially Matty Dillon, who's obviously been on the show a couple of times. Uh, and that's the Bridewell, the Bridewell pub in, in town. They're a great, great pub. Um, fantastic, some fantastic selection of, of cask ales. Um, they've got obviously the, the spirits on offer as well. And, and at the moment, obviously, with restrictions that are in place, they can't open um, as a pub, but they are open um, as a shop. So you can go in there. Uh, there's a price that we put out on on Twitter as well and on, on Instagram. Have a little look at that. Great to have them on board for the next seven days. We'll be obviously give them a bit of a push. Um and um make sure when you when you're in town get yourselves get yourselves down there. Um fantastic, fantastic to, to have the have them on board over the course of the next the next week or so. Um and that's pretty much it from ourselves for this week. Um what all I'd say is keep your eye out for our, our new charity shirt coming up. Images were released before the podcast today. Profits will be going to charity to, to be to be revealed shortly what charity that's going to be at, the, at these difficult times. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well. And we will, we will catch you after the Newcastle game next weekend. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.